0: Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock, and welcome to my lifestyle podcast, Live Without a Net. The podcast showcases people who live fearlessly and have the ambition to create something. I'll showcase changemakers who have decided to let go of their safety net in order to survive. So let's jump right in. Hi, I'm Jen Sherlock, and welcome to my podcast, Live Without a Net. And I'm with a friend, Keith Williams. He's the founder of Skill Stadium. And Keith and I go back about five years. We met on Facebook and we did some videos together in 2016 or maybe 2017. And I'm excited to say he has come a long way since his prior business. And he's doing something really cool now. And Keith, I just want you to tell everyone a little bit about how you came up with the idea for Skill Stadium and what it exactly is.
1: Jennifer, thank you for having me on. I'm excited about your new project. And I'm um, happy to tell you about it. So I launched Skill Stadium um, during the pandemic. The reason I launched Skill Stadium is we have a shortage of workers in the skill trades. And I wanted to help get more people in the skill trades. I also felt like the current system of how people get hired for jobs is broken. Uh, those long applications and resumes, uh, as I was talking to a lot of younger people in the millennial generation, They were saying they hate that. They hate the applications. And I felt like we got to make the uh, job search more social. Uh, You allow people to use their creativity to showcase their skills and talent. And I think one of the best ways to do that is through video. I also started talking to the business owners, the hiring managers, and just trying to understand what their challenges were. And one of the things that they told me was that what they find on paper and who they meet Is not what they find when they meet that person in person. We've all seen somebody who looks great on paper, great resume, and they come in and you're like, who is this person? (laughs) Yeah, you get, you know, you understand. So um, we use video. That's why I did it. So 30 second elevator pitches and um, information on their ideal company culture. And uh, that's really the start of this uh, platform. That's why I started Skill Stadium.
0: It's awesome. And tell me what kind of jobs? Um, I know you had mentioned prior electricians, plumbers. Like, who are these tradesmen? Sure,
1: uh, it's tradesmen and tradeswomen. Um, right. <laughs> we do have, you know, we do have women in the skilled trades. I, I try and make a point actually when I do day in the life interviews to interview women who work in the trades. They are a small percentage of of people in the trades, but. What I find as the ideal people who tend to gravitate to Skill Stadium more are the younger generation because of the technology and the video. It's also advantageous for young people because if you don't have a lot of experience to get a job, you have to be a little creative. You have to be able to show, you know, showcase your skills and talent when you may not have a strong resume. So we're targeting a lot of younger people. A lot of younger people have told me, again, that they don't like doing long applications. And so that's a group that is really embracing the platform.
0: Yeah, I think it's awesome because you can never really get to know someone until you really see them in person or even a video. I always say that even about dating apps, you know, I'm like, why don't they have a video? Cause someone could have a great personality, but you're just not seeing it, you know, and then people, you just swipe left. So it's like, no, but if you actually saw the way someone like talked and their personality and their mannerisms, I mean, I think it makes a big difference for the job force.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, this is technology that's available to everybody. Uh, having a video is not foreign to people. Everybody has a smartphone Everybody's done a selfie at some point, you know. Uh, I also feel like you have to be able to do a thirty-second elevator pitch. No matter what job you're going for, if you can't do a thirty-second elevator pitch, you will never get hired for a job. It, it's the most basic thing. It's one of the first things an employer is going to ask you: Who are you and what do you do? So, um, if you can do that and put that on your profile. Think about it. It's going to give you an advantage over somebody who doesn't have it. Because if employers are looking for talent, uh, they have a choice of something that's on paper or somebody that they can hear talk and they can see them speak. I'm telling you, they're going to pick the person on the video.
0: Yeah, I agree. So do you coach your candidates then on what's aware, what's to say, tips?
1: No, not really. So the way it works is that... It, it's self-service. So it's similar to LinkedIn where you go and you create your profile. Now, I do have videos on my social media, on my YouTube that give them tips on how to create a 30-second elevator pitch. So I have content that can help them. But no, I don't personally coach them. That could be an idea for a business service uh, down the road because I'm thinking of putting, I'm going to put courses on the platform, but right now we they're not coached.
0: Got it. Okay. And in terms of the job cycle, once they're interviewed, how long before they typically can secure that job or are told even no, they're not. They're not in a candidate.
1: Great question. I'm. Um, I can't say for certain what the timeline is because I'm not the employer. Uh, what I have been told by employers is they tell me that watching a video is like a first interview for them, so it does speed up the process. So instead of having you know a first interview that. A lot of companies have. is just to see who you are, get to know you, see how you fit in the culture. If they look at a video, they've done a first interview. So they're now bringing you in knowing they're not surprised. They know what, how you speak. <laughs> they, they know your 30-second elevator pitch. Uh, and if you've done 60-second videos demonstrating your work, and this is very important, now they know your ability to do the job. It's going to cut the hiring process down in half. Just from what I'm understanding, if I look at the process, if they tell me they do two or three interviews, what if that's the first interview? That's fifty percent. If they do three interviews, it's a third. So it does cut it down fairly significantly. And I believe most people, when they're when they're trying to get a job, they're not trying to take a long time to get hired.
0: And also for the employers, I mean, it takes it's very time consuming. I know you know as well. So. Do you find that employers like these 30-second videos just because it's short to the point they can see if they want to see more or not, and it's not like looking at something for five, even 10 minutes?
1: They, they've they been very positive about it. They've told me good things about it. They do like it. Um, they're very surprised that this technology exists, and um, I've gotten nothing but positive, positive responses from from them. Yeah, it's
0: an amazing idea. I often wonder: Are there competitors out there? Because it's something like it seems like something so easy that someone should have come up with
1: already. I'm very surprised. I've done a lot of research, and I haven't. I've yet to see an organization that's leveraging video. So I've seen, uh, obviously, LinkedIn is a company that that hires people and w- where people could post jobs, but they're not leveraging video for the employer to go see. The video is optional. I mean, if somebody creates a video on their LinkedIn profile, then then you know, then there's a video, but it's not something that's on the platform where it's set up where somebody specifically goes and puts a video in their profile. So, um, I I would have to say no. Now, what I have seen, I've seen Facebook groups. I've seen employers in the skill trades post jobs through Facebook, but that's just a regular job posting on a social platform. It's not leveraging video. And again, I think video is a game changer. I just think it shortens the uh, cycle. It just allows, you know, and, and the other thing too that's really good is we allow the employer to create a video. Because remember, the candidate's interviewing the employer just as much as the employer's interviewing the candidate. And so when I, one of the things I do when I do my podcast, I ask employers, why are you a desired place to work? Why would somebody want to come and work for your company? I tell you, that's something you really have to nail because we have a shortage of workers in the skilled trades, which means they have options. If they have options, they don't necessarily have to come and work for your particular company. So that's the beauty of the uh, platform is it gives the employers an opportunity. When I look at most job postings, I don't see a ton of companies that have a video about themselves or a video about the job. I just see a a write-up and that's it.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that. It makes me wonder, I mean, could someone like LinkedIn buy your company? I mean, they're lacking videos unless they're going to start after seeing something like you pop up.
1: I would always be open to that. I'm not against that. Um, I I think that, like I said, I think there's a gap in the market. You know, you don't, there's not a skilled trades job platform. I've looked and I've looked. Um, It's very fragmented. I've seen, you know, like I said, I've seen Facebook groups for the individual trades, right? So there's a, Facebook group for plumbers, it's a Facebook group for carpenters, you know, auto technicians, welders, but there's not one unified, just one specific platform for the skilled trades. And like I said, I'm focused on three areas, four areas, which is automotive, elect- electricians, HVAC technicians, and plumbers. These are the bread and butters to the skilled trades. Uh, they're critical for all of us because all of us live in a home that has plumbing and electricity. And if that Breaks or it's not working. You need somebody to come out and fix it. If we don't have those people, we're in a lot of trouble.
0: You think about Dallas right now; all of them suffering without power and water. And I mean, that's a clear example. I've been reading articles where people, you know, don't have the money, but it costs fifteen thousand to fix. So all of those, you know, tradesmen, tradeswomen—they're going to be needed. I mean, but you're right. I mean, I need that stuff now. I I just bought a new house, so it's like it's never ending. And they're probably one of the top people that. They have
1: jobs that will never go out of business. Yeah. yeah. You know, and on top of that, you look at the pandemic, uh, you know, they're, they're essential workers. They were working when when, um, when, everybody else was out of commission, they were still going strong. And you know what? A lot of companies now are actually hiring young people and assistants and training them to be plumbers and electricians. I, you know, I came up in the 90s, you know, and working, just working when I finished college. And uh, nobody was paying for training back then. You know, if you think about companies, they were cutting back on that, you know, but, and even as you look at a lot of companies, most companies don't spend a lot of money on training. It's one thing a lot of companies have cut back, especially in white collar and blue collar. I'm seeing more companies now Training people. And that's because they don't have enough people going into the trade. So it's a great opportunity for people who want to go into trades and they don't go into the same debt that they go into in college. And again, that's why I'm building this platform because I want to help not just help the employers connect with jobs, but let's help our students and our youth. You know, so if they're a kid who's going to college, why not help them out become a plumber, electrician, and allow them to make a good living? You know,
0: they do actually make a good living. So you don't always need to go to college, you know I mean yes i I'm, I'm a big promoter of college and education, but at the same time it's it's not necessarily needed
1: yes I, I agree with you I think it just depends on the individual like I'm not again I'm not knocking college and I know that you're a supporter of it I just think it just depends on what you're doing like you know going to college to study philosophy and trying to find yourself probably not a good idea if, you know but maybe going to college for stem to be a you know, to be an engineer or a uh, programmer, well, you know, that could lead to a job opportunity. So a lot of it, I think, at the end of the day is, you know, what's the end game?
0: Right. That's very true. Yes. Sometimes, you know, I've met a lot of successful people that didn't go to college and are entrepreneurs and are doing well, but it's all kind of like what you said, your experiences, maybe at the time you had a great opportunity and college got in the way and who knows, you could still go back one day, you know? So it's all my case, but I I mean, I love what you're doing. How are you marketing it? How are you, how are these people finding out about your platform?
1: Sure. So the main marketing has been on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. So tell me how people can find out about this. Sure.
1: Sure. So there's, there's a couple of approaches that I use LinkedIn. And so, you know, I'll put posts out on LinkedIn. Um, Another thing that I do is I have a podcast, so I'll bring people on for uh, for my podcast, and again, that'll get marketed through LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. So I would say my the top, top places where people can find out about about Skill Stadium is LinkedIn. Then I would say Facebook, and I'd say Instagram. I even have TikTok, but I'm not really good at TikTok. So and, and I'm and I'm on Twitter, so I'm on all the social platforms. And I'm also building partnerships with professional associations that are affiliated with the skill trades. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it still remains a challenge. I think the biggest challenge for any business is, is reach and getting eyes on your business. So, um, you know.
0: It always comes down to marketing. I know I need to get more yeah. into talk myself and see what works. Some people have, I mean, so many followers, I'm sure you see, and they're just normal people like us.
1: Yes. I think you know it's it's you've got to be consistent, I would imagine. And then I also think that people hire someone to help them too. So I mean, there are companies out there that help people grow their business and get more attention. Uh, and you know I, I I think also I've heard people getting in front of the media, you know, and you worked in the media, so you know about right. that. So I think that those, those are always ways that you can help to uh, bring attention to your business.
0: Oh, for sure. I'm just impressed. I was reading about some of those TikTok stars last night and I'm just like, is this for real? You know, sometimes it just seems almost questionable how they're saying how much growth they got in this short period of time and how they did it. And of course they're selling their services, but some of it was a little hard to believe because I know how hard entrepreneurship is and how hard what we do is and how time consuming it is. So to wonder how they're you know, getting a million followers and then also reading a book a day and doing this and doing that, it's just some of it's hard to grasp if it's really true, but it is fascinating.
1: To yeah. See. You also have to wonder if some of those people are buying followers because I've had people approach me and, hey, we can get you this number of followers in this time. And to me, it seems like you know, it's not the type of followers that benefit my company that are, you know, they didn't say anything about what specific followers, you know, so I feel like some people buy followers because like I said, as a business owner, I'm inundated with people trying to sell me products and services. And that's something I've seen a lot of. And okay. when she start asking people questions, they get real quiet or they go away, you know, so I feel like sometimes people buy those, those, those followers.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I know I'll have to send you after we're done some of these profiles because I'm just like, is this true or is this just a sales gimmick?
1: (laughs) Uh, You never know. You know, I I would err on the side of caution when someone's just offering something that just is too quick and too good to be true. Sounds too good
0: to be true. Right, same. I know. It reminds me a little bit of like the multi-level marketing platforms a bit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They always know how to hook you in, you know, and then I guess some people are successful with it though. So just, but um, yeah, going back to skills stadium, I mean, what's next for you guys? Do you, um, do you have any type of like internal systems that work for you with the matchmaking aspect or it's all organic?
1: Um, I'm focused more on growing the company organic. Um, Right now I'm focused on, first of all, we're building out the platform and finishing it up. And so I am focused on ensuring that, you know, I have a good team of people, uh, particularly on the technical side, because that's where I've had challenges. I'm not a technical person. And so I'm focused on building the team uh, so that I can grow the business. Uh, A lot of my days are spent building partnerships and building relationships. Uh, So I'm out there getting in touch with the business owners because my expertise is in business development. And on the other hand, I'm out there looking for people to hire. Um, and and when, I, when I say hire, uh, I want to build a relationship first to understand you know, what this person brings to the table and make sure they're a fit. And so I would bring people on as contractors first, and that gives you an idea of who you're dealing with. You see, one of the things I try and understand is, uh, you know, I've learned that people are motivated by a few things. They're motivated either, obviously, by money. They're motivated by, you know, I want to build something big. Where are you going with this business? I want recognition as somebody who built this, and I want the spotlight on me. So I find that those are the three biggest things. And it's just tapping into what that person's currency is. See, I always look for people who understand the vision of where we're going. Like, do you understand I'm trying to build LinkedIn for the skill trades? I'm building something really big here. If that person doesn't get fired up by that, they're not excited by that, then that's probably not the person for me. And so you you can tell by when people reach out to you and they're trying to sell you something or service or product and they haven't even been on the site, they haven't followed, they don't know anything about your company, but yet they're steady trying to get a meeting. And those are people that could be potential employees or business partners and they're they're missing the boat.
0: Right. No, that's so true. That's why I've had the my most successful employees like started as interns. It's always my best way to vet them because a lot of yes. people say they talk a good game and say that they could do this and that and they're gonna work nights, weekends and handle everything and then you get them and they're the first one's out early. <laughs> you know, don't work as hard, don't care. I mean, I find it fascinating, but th- that's why, just like you, I either like to start them part time or even as interns to see like show me what you got, and then I could tell whether you're the real deal or not, and
1: it's worth I agree, Jennifer. I agree a hundred percent because people will re- will reveal who they are, you give them enough time, they will um I've also learned that you start asking certain questions. I had a company before I hired my my uh current company that's wrapping up my platform, because I've gone through like three different technical organizations, teams. And this company promised me a bunch of things that we're going to do. They showed me a nice demo. And the guy told me, and, and one of my big concerns was, are your people local? So is your project manager going to be local? Is there somebody, because I knew he was in Europe, he was overseas. And I'd had bad experiences working with people who were overseas. Because I always want to have somebody who's accountable, who's in the United States. And right. he was like, yes, the project manager is in Arizona. So you know, and I was like, well, that's on the West Coast. I, I can deal with that. Yeah. It turns out the guy was in Europe. So he lied to me. Then yeah. when it came time to discuss the uh, services that he said that they could deliver, the project manager was like, oh, I don't think we can do all that. So I cut them off, you know, because you've got, if you lie to me in the beginning, <laughs> it's a wrap, you know, so.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. Yes, yeah, so. so many times you think I would learn by now. It's probably the hardest part of my business, you know, yeah. the right candidate. It's difficult, especially yeah. when you're like a smaller company. Maybe if you're larger and corporate and you can be jobs can be split up so many more ways and you're not wearing as many multiple hats, it's probably easier. Yes. But doing what we do, it's difficult to find someone and that has that passion and that has that drive and who understands what we're going through and what excites us and what the Company's messaging is, and you know all of that good stuff. You want someone to get excited with you on your team, and then you'll reward them along the way.
1: Definitely, definitely. And you know what? Uh, you know, Jennifer, I'm sure working for a company like yours, they can have a bigger impact, and that can help them rise in terms. They're going to learn more, you know. So they're they're missing out on all the time, not understanding the benefits of that.
0: No, before you know? COVID, they were always invited to events. Everything they would never want to go. And I was just like, why are they in this business then? You know, it blows my yeah. mind. They think it's all sexy and they want to be there and then they don't want to put the work in. So yeah. I, find, I find it all fascinating. But I guess that's the difference between entrepreneurs and then people who just want a nine to five or say don't really care what they do as long as they have a job. You know, that's what yes. makes us what we are. If it wasn't for yep. those types, then there wouldn't be us. So I Definitely. guess it's a good thing in a way, you know? Sure. So how do you um, help coach People when looking for a job, do you have any advice out there since there's so many unemployed people right now that might be watching this?
1: Sure. So, I think the first piece of advice that I'd give people who are unemployed is first of all, self evaluation. So, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What am I good at? Um, Because you always want to lead with your strength. I also would encourage people uh, to network. And I know everybody says network, but network strategically. And I think it starts with understanding who are the hiring managers? And I've done uh, uh, some posts on this. I always said, you should know five people who could hire you. I I always stress this, particularly workers who are getting older because Mm -hmm. we know there's age discrimination. It's just a fact. Let's not beat around the bush. You know, see a lot of people getting getting fired. A lot of people in their 50s. I mean, I, I worked in tech and I remember in my 30s, I'll never forget this. I worked for IBM. And I remember them firing all these people. They called it uh, reorganization, whatever they called it. They were firing them. And all of them were older. And they were good workers. They were great, talented people. And I just looked and I looked and I looked and I said, wow, all these folks are older. And they're all upset because they'd gotten comfortable. So my advice to people is make sure you know a couple of people can hire you. Just don't know people. A lot of people are like, I know this person I know that person. And I ask one question, can they hire you? Well, no. Okay. (laughs) What good is that? So does it take more effort to find somebody who can hire you? Yes, but it's going to be more effective in getting you hired. And then another thing I would stress is have a strong online presence. Have something out there, whether it's a video, a blog, have something that tells us that you're good at what you do. There's no excuse. If you've worked in an industry for over 10 years, I should be able to go to your LinkedIn profile or a website or something to Google you that says that you're good at what you do. If there's nothing there, then that's just that's negligent. That's just being lazy. There should be some evidence that tells me you're somebody I should hire.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm amazed. Sometimes you can't find people like any digital footprint. And I'm like, how's yes. that possible? And day yeah. and age, like
1: you know. Yeah, it's like it's like faxing a resume in. Like, are you somebody who's still faxing resumes? I know I remember um when I first I moved to Philadelphia a couple of years ago when I first moved there and I was in job search mode and I remember this guy, we were all playing basketball a group of, group of guys at YMCA. And one of the guys was like, Hey, I hear you're looking for a job. I was like, yeah. He said, you know, bring me a copy of your resume in to the gym and I'll bring it in. I was like, why don't I just email it to you? He's old. <laughs> you know, you could tell that he just didn't understand how, how the job market worked, you know? And we're talking 2014, this is not like the 90s. Yeah, this is, right. You know, it's 2014, 2015, right? This is, you know, like emailing a resume was not a foreign thing in 2014. <laughs> 2015. I see a, like that. Yeah, like why are you bringing a paper resume? You know, they nobody does that. Brochures.
0: I know people want actual like literature brochures, you know, and I mean, it's always older people who are used to having something in hand.
1: Yeah. And those are the people who, are, who get fired first because it's, it's not just that people get fired because they're older. It's because they don't adapt to the change of the market Correct. because people are going to see you. sir. even if you're younger, if you had a mentality, it's more of a mindset. If you're working and you have a mentality that I'm going to bring in a paper resume, people are going to look at you crazy. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile or like an email, how seriously can somebody take you? I remember I was at a networking event and this young man, he was, he was talking with somebody who could hire him because we were at, it was, it, was a, um, it was at Caterpillar. It was a company and I was with this um, organization that I was trying to network with and he was, you know, I was asking him, you know, you should connect with this guy because this guy's the hiring manager. I know you're in school, but when you finish, this is a company you're thinking of working for. He's like, oh, when I finish, I will, I will uh, send him my resume. I'm like, what? There right now, you know, so right. that's what I mean by mindset that people don't understand, you know, you know, how to how the market works today. That's the best thing I could say is people need to understand how the market works. They need to adapt. Stop thinking that it's 1990, you know,
0: <laughs> you know, it's, it's
1: 2000, it's 2021. You've got to, you've got to move like it's 2021 and not like it's 1991.
0: Right. And it's going to be a lot more of what you and I are doing. I think even post COVID, I think this is here to stay. So it's yes. like it comes from, well, you have to learn technology. You need to know how to promote yourself digitally.
1: Yes. Yes. You have to. I mean, it's the first thing that people do. Uh, I'll tell you, even I, I know even when I was in the job market in, in the 2000s and 2000, you know, up to the mid 2000s, first thing people do is they look at your LinkedIn profile. You know, anytime I was interviewing for a job, literally, I, if I was on the phone with someone once, I remember uh, who I was introduced to through a network, first thing they did was they jumped on my LinkedIn profile. That's the first thing people do. Yeah. I'm in Clubhouse. The first thing people do is they jump on your LinkedIn profile. You know, and if you don't understand the importance of having LinkedIn or an Instagram account, because that's the next thing that people look at on Clubhouse. They go to Instagram, they go to your Instagram, they go to your Twitter. If you don't have those things... People are like, whoa, what's the deal with this person? They don't have a LinkedIn because right. it's free. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah.
0: Uh, so. I have to ask you this because I, sure. I, I um, plan a clubhouse next week with my friend who's a lawyer just to start a room. It's next Tuesday at six, by the way, but sure. it's on like the real hustle of entrepreneurship. And the reason we're doing it is because of clubhouse. So we both get really like annoyed because no matter what room or what, I think it's the most amazing invention ever. And I love it, by the way. But, everyone is a multimillionaire and everyone's super successful. And we both know that's not the case. So like, it's kind of like irks us a little bit. Like, why is everyone in these rooms like these six to seven, you know, million, million dollar earners, um, or sorry, six, seven figure earners. And I, you know, that we, that can't be true. So is there, some type of sales tactic out there where people are taught to say this sort of thing to get followers because it can't be realistic because we're both in the grind and it's super hard. So that's why we're doing like the real world of entrepreneurship next Tuesday. But I wanted to get your opinion on that. Do you find that? Because everyone on there, you look at their bio and you listen to them, they're killing it. It can't be true.
1: I, I, um, I'll be honest. I, I don't spend as much time worrying about that. I just, I, you know, I, I, Uh, Let me think. I, you know, I think, okay, so people who are not, who are, you know, there are a lot of people who perpetrate, right? So what I try and do is I try and understand, all right, where is this person going, right? So if you listen to what they're saying, I I, I try and listen to, you know, like I said, I, I haven't really experienced that or paid as much attention to it. But I think in life in general, when somebody comes out and says they're a millionaire or they're making that type of income, I'm asking, all right, why are, they tell, why are they sharing this?
0: Agreed.
1: Why are they sharing this? What, what are they trying to do? Where are they going with it? Because I'll be honest, if I was making a million dollars and I'm not,
0: <laughs> okay. you we'll
1: uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people about it. I honestly wouldn't. I'd tell whether I'm making $100 a year and I know, or 100000000 million, I'm just going to say, hey, I'm working hard. I'm building this. I'm building that. I tend not to want to talk about what I'm making because it's nobody's business. Um, Wait, I just I'm talk to... about the impact I'm having, what I'm doing, you know, uh, the success will speak for itself.
0: That's you know? not so, be.
1: Yeah. And so I'm always, I'm always weary when somebody's doing that. I, I, I just start listening to what they're saying. Like I've run into people who've, who've bragged about what they're doing in life. And then I'm, I'm trying to understand why they're doing that. A lot of times when I hear that, I start tuning it out. Right, as as I, people, too. I tune it out. It's kind of a turnoff because That's it's true. like, you know, it'd be one thing if you said, hey, I had some success. Uh, let me share with you how I had success. Here's how you, here's how I can help you. Or please tell me, please let me know if you have any questions. Like when somebody is successful, I would, I would want them to invite us to ask questions and let me share my experiences on how I did this. Talk about the process. You know, that's what I would expect from somebody who's very successful.
0: Yeah. Because you're an inspiration to those younger. And if you want to coach them and teach them, it's not by saying I'm a seven-figure earner and I got it just by sitting home every day and doing a TikTok, you know? I mean, that's what I see a lot of. I'm kind of exaggerating a bit, but more or less it's what it is. Even today, my friend who's infatuated with these Instagram and, and TikTok influencers, she's like, you have to do this, this, and this. And you see in their bios, you know, I make seven figures and I just... I feel like it's a sales tactic, but I just am blown away because I'm like, where is this taught? Where is this taught that people are getting? Because, I, I mean, to be honest, a lot of it can't be true, I don't think. So, hey, prove me wrong, but I just feel like that there must be something out there where people are thinking it helps attract an audience. If they say that, I don't yeah. know. So I was curious if you've noticed it. Um, I'd love to have you on the clubhouse next week to get your opinion. Maybe between now and then I'm curious if you'll notice
1: it. Yeah, Let me know. I'll, I'll now I'm going to start looking. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I didn't really notice it. I did. I just didn't pay attention to it. Um, Cause like I said, if I, like I said, if I see people saying that, I kind of, I start getting turned off. I start, I, to, I start know. turning them out.
0: But they do I, have a lot of followers. So someone is believing yeah. them. So maybe yeah. it is working. Maybe um, we should
1: try it out and see what happens. <laughs>
0: I, I know. We should. We should a different meeting, yeah. And on Clubhouse, we can put a different picture and we should try yeah. it. But um, yeah, I'd love to have you as a panelist next Tuesday night. I'll definitely. send you the information.
1: Send me an invite. I'll, I'm definitely there.
0: Yeah. It'll be yeah. so interesting because I want to talk about the real grind, like what we're going through. We're having trouble hiring. It's trouble, you know, collecting pay. I mean, I could go on and on about the struggles of entrepreneurship.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: I love it. But then you see these which I'm curious what you're going to see when you look. And it's just like,
1: I'm crazy. definitely checking. It was
0: out. that easy. Wouldn't we all be doing it? Yeah. <laughs> talking in our house every day. And yeah. I'm just some real people who do it, who get the yeah. money, but uh, not as many as portrayed. I don't think. So I'm yes. curious as to what you, what you'll think. But anyway, yeah, I yeah. know, um, we both have to go, and I, you've been awesome, and I'm so excited about your platform. How can people find you? How can sure. people on both sides? So how can employers find you, and then how can candidates find you?
1: Sure. Uh, I would recommend that they visit the website, www.skillstadium.com, www.skillstadium, skillstadium.com. And at the bottom and on the site, you'll see all the links to all my social media um, if you see there's value in it, follow, subscribe, um, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we interview a lot of great people. a lot of great tips and advice that you can learn about the skilled trades and that's it.
0: And one last thing, if you wanted to give people words of advice to get through the rest of COVID, what would it be? Wow.
1: Um, I would say gratitude first. Like, I like that. remember a lot of people have passed. We don't have... Who don't have that opportunity. So you got to take a moment to just be grateful for your life and what you have going and know that this is going to pass. It's going to be, before you know it, we're going to go back to, I guess, maybe a new normal, but things will get better. So I would say gratitude because you have gratitude. It does change your perspective.
0: That's so true. Amen. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Keith. It was such thank a you, pleasure Jennifer. and you definitely do live up to living without a net even though the podcast is live without a net but that's what you do and i like it and i'm always inspired by people and impressed by people like you who are in the grind and hustling and doing it for real so thank you so much
1: i appreciate it thank you so much jennifer for having me on
0: well that's it for now thanks everyone for joining us Please reach out to me so I can feature you on my show. I do respond to everyone. You can find me on my Instagram at Jennifer Sherlock or my business Instagram at JennaCom. And check out our new website coming soon, livewithoutanet.com. Thanks again, and I look forward to taking risks with you.